Hmm. All my relationships are a burning shack on the beach. I mean, it could be beautiful. Someone didn't ruin it every single time. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. Why is your pal Johnny here talking about relationships and things burning on the beach? It's bad romance movie month again. So we're going to be talking about relationship problems, movies with relationship problems, toxic relationships, startling contrasting movies with sexuality and all kinds of tension that comes from the awkward tenderness. And, uh, you know, we got a strong first start with this movie called Betty Blue 1986. But I want to back it up and play a little game with my co-hosts here. By the way, I'm joined again by Jordan Savage, who can review a movie without even seeing it. That's how savage she is. And David, who's so dangerous, he's going to drop movie trivia on you later. And I could agree with it or disagree. We'll find out. And of course, the guy running his mouth. I'm talking about myself in the third person again. Johnny, spoiler. <laughs> if I love the movie, I'm going to tell you how much, and I'm just going to spoil it for you. And if it's, you know, it's, that's, how, that's how it goes. I don't know what else to say. So anyway, uh, this game that I'm nicknaming Artificial Sexiness is because, are you, are you guys, have you cracked open like the artificial apps, like the text to chat or like making your faces into medieval fantasy spawn creatures from hell or anything like that? <laughs> I have actually no. experienced a little bit of a, a it at work. So we'll oh, get no. like a Are they face... passing around the AI faces right like, now? <laughs> well, not the AI faces, but like we'll get like fake inquiries and mm. it will be like bots that are like texting Oh no, you back. this is like and email so bot servers? Oh, you'll boy. like get, you'll. it's just real funny to read to some re- of the conversations. Re- refresh the audience when she doesn't have her cape on as like the Batgirl of the Binge Watchers podcast. She has a day job in marketing, and so they market to small businesses, and small businesses need their products marketed. They go to Jordan and her crew. They do. And, uh, yeah, I can see that. It's like So it's just like a chatbot or like an AI talking to another AI, like in circles. That's hilarious. <laughs> like a straight-up AI conversation, <laughs> and it's just, like, real fun. I wish I would have – I bet I could dig up some screenshots for so us to share some I feel bad – for anybody listening, you might want to dig up uh, the video composite, or I'm sure I will spoil these images later – on social media to support this episode when we drop it in a couple days. So either way, you'll be able to see these funny faces. So I didn't realize I had an AI editor built into a, a video editing thing on my phone that mm-hmm. I use for like the TikTok reels and the Instagram reels and all that crap. So I just turned it on in my images. Right. And so there's a turn. Your, there's like a swap sex, swap gender feature. Right. So check this out. Mm. What does that do for you, Dave? You, is you that you as a woman? Yeah. This yeah, is a, a hot chick, but you got some bags under your eyes. <laughs> Here's the thing. She's got some desperate secrets, and I think I would hook up with her. If I saw her at a bar, I think I'd have to go in for the kill. 
You would dive deep into those eyes. Yeah, you sure, get sunk in. She needs a nap. Like okay, well, this is where the AI. Is. This is just when I just clicked it. Okay, so then, then it showed me this, and I think Ooh. this is even more of a this like last call. She, she got some sadness, but I mean, this one looks like it's that crazy sex, right? This yeah. image here, this face number two, folks, is like a black and white but hazel eyed, and I don't know if that's makeup or I don't know what's going running down her face, but uh. Hot goth, yeah, and I don't even. Say, they're goth. Yeah. If I was a woman, I don't even know what my name would be. Laverne, uh, Josephina. Or, hmm. um, what? Jo- All right, Dave just named her Joanna. So these are we're watching. We're looking at Joanna faces right now. So here's Joanna number three. Okay, now it's starting to. It's like you know, done up to go out a night on the town, Ooh. right? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look at the lips on that she's drawing you in now. I okay. love the curtain bangs. Just... Those are in right now. <laughs> what is it called? Curtain bangs. All right. Oh, learn something new every day. They look great. Also, the background, folks, of these images is the hearts, you know, because V V Day D or whatever's around the around the corner. I like that one of them says help. <laughs> help Dave right now as he survives the uh, artificial <laughs> sexiness <laughs> game that we're playing. Yeah. Now look. Now it's getting scrumptious. We're on image number four of uh, what? What's her name, David? Yeah, it's looking a little. Um, oh, Johanna. What did you say her name was? Kind of. Yeah, I oh, feel like Joanna? I've met a few of these girls, but it's you as a mm. hot chick. Now this is the one that if this doesn't get you, I don't know what will. It's triple D's. They've come out to play. Yiddied up. <laughs> they made her like very it. broad. Could be a linebacker. <laughs> At least that's well, okay, well, uh, that's what my thought. Very beautiful a lot of fun. I like, I like her. Yeah. All right. I'm you not mean- going to admit that I like it. This is like self indulgence. This is like worse than a person that gives himself a podcast. This is like, <laughs> look at my images. Look at my AI. <laughs> I haven't used this AI that you're using, but I did do the uh, a few years ago when they had that app that took your picture and you can make yourself female. And I looked a lot like an ex-girlfriend of mine. So me. I think face number Aww. three. <laughs> face number three with the curtain bangs is the winner, according to Jordan's preferences. I think yeah, I feel like, winner, I, right? like I look at that. I'm like, okay, I've totally mm. run into her in the streets before. Like, I feel like mm. I've met that person. You make a She's hot out chick. there. She yeah. is. She looks a little I mean, like uh, Penny from Big Bang Theory in the eyes. I'm convinced that AI <laughs> is not generating random images really. I think it's really just compiling existing images of people that are real. You know? It would anyway, make sense. That's my theory. Yeah. Like it's just smacking smashing the data together. Uh, we have a new feature folks. Uh it's called voicemails. Let me well I should probably move this thing. <laughs> okay, we have a new concept for the month of Bad Romance Movie Month. We wanted to hear from our audience like hey What's your bad dating stories? Do you have any funny stories about romance that you want to share with us? And we have a voicemail. So I will go and retrieve it. And we'll play it. There it is. That didn't take long. Good thing I had it somewhere handy. <laughs> I'm going to tell you my date story. My worst date story. So when I was in my early 20s, um, so this would have been like, I don't know, 2001, probably early 2001 before I had my kid. Um, and I was looking good. 
and I used to frequent this neighbor of my uncle's house. Okay. He lives here in Riverside and they had a little bar set up in their backyard where everybody would go watch Monday night football, you know, and uh, like literally every night there'd be the regulars in this person's backyard. People would bring food. They would have like potluck style food. They had cheap beers. Um, and they called themselves Club 86 because if you had been kicked out of every bar in town, you could still drink in their backyard. I want to say they even had like a liquor license. Like it was a whole thing. Anyway, it was fun. They played raffles. It was like a good time. And, you know, other people in the in the area used to go as well to this person's backyard and Club 86 it up while we were watching Monday Night Football or whatever. And uh, I met a couple guys there. They were both named Mike. They were best friends. I put them in my phone as Big Mike and Little Mike. We would text <laughs> frequently, you know, like, hey, you going? Are you going? Yeah, let's go. I'm going to win that raffle. Talk shit, you know, whatever. And uh, Big Mike, it, he was tall and handsome and had beautiful aqua eyes. And Little Mike was um, short, stocky. What you would picture if you're picturing a hardcore Raider fan. Okay. Um, not necessarily unattractive, just not necessarily my type because he was a few inches shorter than me. And I think at the time I was only five, three. Okay. So it was a little short, you know, what are you going to do? And, um, anyway, one day big Mike texts and he's like, Hey, you know, we've been flirty for a while. Do you want to, do you want to go on a real date? I'll come pick you up. And I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. What, like, where should we go? And they're like, Oh, let's, he's like, let's go to Capone's. So he picks me up and lo and behold, I had mixed up the two fucking mics in my phone and um, the little one showed up to pick no. me up. Not tall, dark, dreamy, beautiful eyes. The little one showed up to pick me up. I didn't know what to do. So panicked, went into the restroom, called my girlfriend, 911, come get me at Capone's like right now. And uh, she got there, she pulled up, she was in the parking lot and she just like, we made eye contact through the window. Like I saw her Jetta roll up and I was like, my rescue ride is here. And then the guy got up to go to the restroom and I straight ghosted his ass before Ooh. ghosting people was a thing. Uh, like it wasn't just called that. Like I just basically oh, ditched really? him, even though he had picked me up all the way over at my house, which was like, I don't know, 45 minutes away from his house. Like he was an out of towner, I guess. Anyway. So I ghosted him while he was in the bathroom and uh, I never looked back. And then I blocked his number. But you see, his best friend also had my number. So, and we still frequented the same backyard to watch football games. And so I laid low. I didn't go to that backyard for a few games. And then the Super Bowl was coming up and I really wanted to get in on the raffle they were having. So yeah. I went. And while I was there, they both confronted me. I had blocked both of them just because I wasn't sure if the best friend was going to reach out and be like, damn, why'd you do my dog dirty like that? You know what I mean? Like, how do you even explain that? I thought he was you. You know what I mean? It just would have been awkward. So anyway, I did run into them at the Super Bowl party. And I finally just came clean because I knew I was probably going to see them again, like in the next season. Like I hung out at that house a lot for a few years straight, you know? Um, so I came clean and said, I had accidentally mixed you up in my phone. I thought you were your best friend. And then after that, it was just super awkward because like, I'm obviously not going to date your friend after I went on a date with you. And I know I left mid date, but like, can we be cool? And yeah, we were all cool after that, but it was super awkward for a minute. Super awkward. Also, don't give people nicknames in your phone. 
put their actual name and maybe even their last initial next to it. That's it. I'm out. A plus. <laughs> Shout out to the short kings, yeah. but also just to go off of her little tangent there on, yeah. you know, putting last names. Back when I was a serial dater, I was comparing notes with a friend and he would like put like really descriptive code words in there to like be a little bit more like instead of your job it would just be describe your physical features no it wasn't even like physical features it was like it got raunchy and i don't know if it's really podcast appropriate but he would be like (laughs) he'd be like a slutty guy with blue hair or something Mm. i don't know just it was it was wild, but shout sure out to thing, things. Steve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mike and Mike, I hope you're doing good out there. I feel like a lot of people could run into a big Mike, little Mike situation. Uh, What's really funny is the timing of this voicemail is like, we actually have the final magic Mike movie coming out. It might be this year. I don't know if it's coming out on Valentine's day or what the deal is, is, but it's coming out soon. I've seen the post. And then also the Super Bowl. <laughs> is around the corner as well again. So it's like a very timely story with Super Bowl madness and all this stuff. But at, at first I thought the story was going to a different place. Like she hangs at her uncle's house and is going to, I thought she was going to hook up with like her uncle's friend. I know. Like, I was like, this story is going to so be like, really good when it's yeah, neighbor is, of the uncle. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like, <laughs> we're getting into trash TV now. Here we go. But then it's like big Mike, little Mike. But that to me was actually the funniest part, a little long winded, but I think oh, I got the gist of the story. Like, but she described little Mike, like a troll. So then we got to decide, like, is it appropriate to bone out on the guy at the bar? And Capone's, if I'm thinking of the same place, I don't know if the West Coast Capone's is like the New England Capone's. Because out here, it's just like a a bar and grill pizza place. Hmm. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen a place called Capone's. but I. So in my mind, I'm imagining a pizza place. But It sounds definitely like a pizza place. I was. She also said Riverside. So I was wondering if that, I mean, Riverside could be anywhere. But like, I know Riverside, California. Oh yeah, she, and she mentioned yeah, Raiders fan, California. so she must be like. That's yeah. why I'm thinking she must be uh, Riverside, California. <laughs> but I don't know. See, the, the the lesson I took from that is don't go to uh, don't go to football parties. Never there you go. That never happens. Don't go to football parties. I I mean, I guess you could say avoid, you know, backyard. Cookouts bars. with bar, yeah, like a backyard bar. <laughs> it sounds, <laughs> sounds super cool, but yeah, maybe yeah. we stay away from those. Well, I know my hometown actually has a what they call a desert bar. It's like a bar in the desert, but it's an actual building. You know, I think it's a business. I'm not sure. Anyway, so that's a new feature, folks. So if you want to send us a voicemail, you can drop us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show, and you'll win. Like uh, we're gonna give her like a movie gift card because I I laughed a couple of times, so it was worth the show. I think it was excellent. Yeah. Um, okay, moving I on. Feel sorry to... for little Mike. What you feel sorry, I feel for, sorry little for little Mike? Little Mike. <laughs> this is a show that sympathizes with our listeners. I like little Mike. If you're out there, if you want to counter the voicemail, go ahead. Wait, that'd be really funny. Look, dudes, you know I took her to dinner at Capone's. Uh, now I'm making fun of them too. Like I'm just throwing on my. Got her the voice. chicken parmigiana. It was the best. <laughs> Those appetizers aren't free. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, home video headlines. What's going on? There was a slasher movie called Lover's Lane, again, appropriate for the time of the year, but it came out in 99. I didn't even hear about this movie. It's getting a, a Blu-ray update. Anna Ferris in a slasher movie called Lover's Lane. Has anybody ever heard of this movie? No, not until I probably saw the same post you did of this yeah. Blu-ray. I yeah, exactly. Saw an article on Bloody Disgusting, thought I would bring it up. 
That's where we get our news, folks. Bloody disgusting and a couple other websites. That's just the internet. Hmm. Um, Children of the Corn. This is like the 11th movie in the Children of the Corn series. It's coming out in March. Shudder's going to drop it with RLJE releasing. But here's the thing. Who cares? Like, I don't need another Children of the Corn. I don't think it's a great series. So pseudo-religious children who hang out in the corn and, I don't know, torture people all day? I don't know. I guess if you have a fear of children or children doing bad things, like maybe this is like your fear. But yeah, it's, I, don't know. I even watched the original a couple years ago. It's not as great as memory as everybody makes it out to be. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. I am excited for a body swap comedy from the guy that made Palm Springs. I guess his name is Max Barbacow or Barbecue. I don't know. Sounds like I'm saying barbecue. Max Barbecue, who made Palm Springs. <laughs> on Hulu uh, has a body swap comedy coming out with Jennifer Aniston and Julia Roberts. The only thing I can think of, if I'm thinking about the movies that they make, I mean, and I could be wrong, who knows, but I would think Julia Roberts would be like the plain Jane or, and Jennifer Aniston would be the popular one. Like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're, it's kind of weird that that's the body swap. Cause it's not like a mother, daughter, father, son, or like, they're both wildly attractive too. So, like, what yeah, they just swap with rich, other really attractive bodies? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they gonna ugly one down or something? <laughs> like, yeah, oh, interesting. Man. But they're gonna whatever. use the same technology that we used earlier in the show to to knock one down a peg or two. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I mean, Heck we yeah. haven't established the fact that we're we're obviously gonna watch it. Duh. Eh. That lets you assign it, or it's good. Assign it. Assign it. Because <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I have nothing against Jennifer Aniston. I can give or take Julia Roberts. That's not enough to get me into the theater or even to push play on Netflix or whatever. Well, you know what Dave did push play on? Your Betty buttons? Blue, 1980s. Oh, yeah, oh what were you? <laughs> Jordan had a whole up for joke. A up. Jordan, what were you gonna? What were you gonna say? Where I were you said, taking it? What did he put, press play on? I said your buttons. <laughs> oh, he pushed all my he buttons. Has, yeah, all yeah. he has to do is say he doesn't want to watch this. And so, what are we gonna do? Well, he's kind of sitting in there in the dark, like how dark this movie is. It's called Betty Blue, nineteen eighty six. It's a lackadaisical handman, handyman, handman, handman, handyman. Oh, a handyman. He wants to be a writer. He can't really pull it off. He. Gets a younger woman. She just kind of like shows up and takes over his life. And then she starts to slowly go crazy. But the movie has a signature drink called the Tequila Slammer. In Mexico, it's called a Muppet, which I thought David would appreciate. What a Muppet. Ah, especially. It's a cocktail served in a glass on the rocks, usually. It's made with tequila and highly carbonated lemon lime flavored soda or ginger ale. Um. It's popped up in a couple different movies. Elvis Presley was supposedly drinking them in a movie called Acapulco from 1963. It's a favorite drink of The Officer and John Woo's 1992 hard-boiled... It's like a crime movie with uh, Chow Yun-Fat. And it had a tequila slammer. I guess that's his favorite drink. But it's all over this movie, Betty Blue. It's in like... It's collectively just like in the background through the whole movie. And then yeah. it, and like there's like two scenes where they're actually explaining the drink and describing the drink. And... uh Suppose I didn't catch somebody calling it a tequila uh, rapido, but so apparently there's a reference in the movie somewhere that they're calling it tequila rapido. I now Dave had this idea. I made it my own idea. Well, <laughs> Dave had this like great. This, Dave had a brilliant idea that like we're binge watchers. Let's binge watch the real way. Let's do it the classic way. Let's have a drink on the show. But then I said, 
But then Dave started complaining about having to find the tequila and like <laughs> going to the store down the street. I ran out. It's like, you know, before we started recording, Dave was talking about the fungus zombie show called The Last of Us. And I'm like, so Dave is now having like paranoid thoughts. Like, if I go to the corner store for tequila, I'm going to turn into a fungus zombie. Um, I mean, he made it really sound like it was a real chore to go get himself something to drink. You know, like like it was going to cost you everything to, get, to go down the so we could roll down the hill and get a drink. What can I say? I'm a very put upon person. Wow. So, do My you own... want to slam this tequila slammer before or after the trivia? Yeah, what the hell is doing now? Let's do it before right, the Dave trivia. They want so to then, do you know, have now. a little buzz going into it, I guess. For the dangerous details. Now, in the movie, they actually, like... Makes it extra dangerous. Yeah, he puts yeah. a little, like, cloth over, and he slams it, and then he... Yeah. I even have my little cloth it. here. I wish I would have done that. Jordan felt, made, like, like three in one, so I don't think she can drink the whole thing in one. This is mostly Schweppes. It's more than a take. But I did put it in my nice glass, yeah. so... Yeah, Jordan went out and found the actual ingredients from the movie, okay? That's I, how that's how she did it up. I did do that. Yeah. Dave didn't even get his ready. What a dead air, David. Like Danny DeVito says in All of a Sudden in Philadelphia, dead air. Busy has to be free. Dead air, David, dead air. Dead air, David. I'm going to go to the messages. We'll come back to David's drink. All right. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. That's what all I right, well, do. I guess go, it's going to get go loud go. here. I'm actually going to slam it. Okay, right. slam it. I'm not going to slam it. Are we mine. all slamming, or am I just doing this alone? Well, I'll like pseudo slam mine because this is glass on. I've glass. already done it already. Like I just like look. <laughs> well, then there. <laughs> all right, fine okay. then. Okay, one, Take two, me. three, slam, and drink. All right. Ugh. All right. I needed this. I had too much caffeine today, so this is going to help mm. me go to sleep later. Yeah. Level you out. You do the the uppers all day, and then you know. Okay. All right. Dave, <laughs> you're still up, buddy. It's, it's still your turn. You actually have something to do now. <laughs> he's, he's like... <laughs> uh, so you you froze for a second. Uh, you're back, I think. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're back. Sorry. Fudge. Um, all right. So, um, well, we watched. Uh, so everybody had seen a two-hour version of this. We watched a much longer director's cut, which was released 14 years after the original, where it shows uh, Betty getting a little more mad, Zorg dressing in drag. Maybe we'll get into that. Um, I didn't think you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say something else when you said it showed Betty a little bit more. I thought you were gonna say something else. Oh, maybe it cut me off. Gil was a little more mad. A little more shows a little more of her building up into madness, if you will, or descent into madness. Um, it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film, but lost to something called The Assault. I looked at the whole list of movies that year, and this is like the only one that's gone on to be remembered. So that says something. Hmm. Um, the actors playing Betty and Zorg uh, apparently had an affair during the production, with the director noting that they did not know where the movie ended and the relationship began. Um, it yeah, was that's, for- uh, that's a disclaimer. You know, that can happen. Actors getting hot and heavy in a romantic, romantical situation. You can't fake yeah. feelings, David. Especially you either have them like or you this. don't. Yeah, right? especially in a movie um, like this. This this was rumored yeah, for I'm years. Pretty sure no... that was, uh, folks. I don't know any other safe word, but I'm pretty sure that was real entry. I don't know what else to say. Like, I'm I'm convinced the actors were having sex, and that's one of your facts. They're about to drop. I I, lo- I tried to find that, and I watched all the special features. Nothing was confirmed on that. I mean, so. parts are really close in this movie. And they're they're doing really good magic tricks, or it's real. So nothing confirmed, but nothing denied either. Nothing. Am- 
That's no, probably no. legally that's probably the safest place for the movie, right? Plausible <laughs> deniability. <laughs> like nothing denied, uh, nothing confirmed. Exactly. Uh, the, the it was rumored for years, but the direct uh, excuse me, the actor who played Zora confirmed their relationship, uh, saying he didn't know the difference between fiction. I'm going to interrupt you one more time. We would actually have an answer to that question if this came out with Instagram. Like, if Instagram existed when this movie came out, we would know whether or not the actors actually hooked up. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> well, because that's probably part of marketing nowadays. <laughs> oh, you're right. They would lean into it. Yeah, exactly. Make sure um, you get to the theaters about this one, folks. <laughs> Um, apparently the color blue can be seen in every shot. I, I wish I had known that before. I would have paid attention. Um, this is interesting. So, of course, we know it is Betty Blue, but the French title is 37.2 Le Matin, if I'm saying that right, uh, which apparently is the temperature of a woman's body in Celsius when it is ovulating. So, for some weird reason, uh, over in France, they know it as, hey, the degree at which... So, it refers to the third act. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Spoiler those, alert. Doesn't end well. No, it doesn't. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't end well for anyone. Okay. But that's why it's bad romance month. If it wasn't toxic, why would we even care to talk about it? All right. Well, but it's also very romantical. Anyway. It is. Lots to discuss. You got any more facts? Very sensual. No, that's that's the facts. That's the facts. Okay. You sticking to them? Oh, yeah. Are you sticking to it, David? You can look right. it up. You can fact check them. <laughs> We'll be right back after these messages. First up is we got some new merch in the merch store. Ew. It's our bleeding heart art. It's a, if you can't see it, folks, I'll describe it for you if you're just listening. So the new merch is a new t-shirt, sticker, pillowcase. The store has like five different versions of this. It's basically a a heart that looks like a box of chocolate, Valentine's Day, of course. And he's blowing little hearts out of himself with a, <laughs> a cartoon revolver. I don't know how else to say it. It's a bad romance month. So what are you going to do? You, this is the month of breaking bleeding hearts. The only other month that outdoes February with broken bleeding hearts is maybe Christmas time, believe it or not. But anyway, new merch. It's in the store. You can get it. What do you guys think about the bleeding heart art? I love it. <laughs> I love it too, actually. I love it. <laughs> I need to get me a t-shirt with this. Hell yeah. We'll press like them. A, They're on their way. A nice crew neck or something. Put a sticker of that on my laptop. Nice. We do have stickers. Whoa, this is huge. We now have the technology for you to send us binge watchers a freaking voicemail. Let Johnny spoil your love life. Right now we want to do this. Send us your bad dating stories, and if we feature it on the podcast, we'll send you a free voodoo gift card to download your favorite movies or shows to make you feel better while you're sitting there eating ice cream, trying to forget about the last Tinder date you just had or Bumble or whatever you're on, Grinder. I don't care. I'm not making any judgments, but I do want to hear those funny stories. Grab the voicemail link in the podcast notes or grab it on our website. Send us your funny stories. Have it featured on the podcast. Be part of the podcast. Here we go. Anybody that knows Johnny Spoiler really well knows that I freaking love energy drinks and soda pop. I can't get enough of that tonic. But here's the thing, dude. I actually don't like carbonation. I prefer energy drinks with no carbonation. And surprisingly, Dubby, no carbonation. 150 milligrams of caffeine per serving. No jitters, no crash. (laughs) It's got some brain food included. I don't know what they're doing with coffee fruit extract or what's going on, but they got this thing called Neurofactor. It's surprisingly good. I was like, yeah, let me order a tub. Let me see what's going on. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, boom, pop this on your podcast. We will. 
Use code SPOILER 10% off for Dubby. The flavor I'm, I'm kicking right with right now is the Jittalus Energy Blend of Dragonade, which is like uh, dragon fruit plus like lemonade. Anyway, it's high-quality stuff, man. Uh, it's loaded with all kinds of things. Vitamin C, B3, B6, B12. Um, I'm rocking this stuff this month. And uh, if you want to try it out, use code SPOILER 10% off at checkout for Dubby Energy, baby. Fuel your brain. Fuel your own podcasts. You guys starting podcasts? What are you doing out there? Fuel your own content. It's like uh, amazing stuff. Try it out. Get ready for nonstop action with Little Dixie now streaming on Redbox. Frank Grillo and Eric Dane starring this revenge thriller. An ex-Special Forces operative caught in the crosshairs of a corrupt governor and a ruthless drug lord. He's going to fight to take down the cartel. Cartel, if you're listening, I'm not taking you down. I'm talking about a movie. Don't hurt me. Love you. <laughs> Buy one of our heart-shaped t-shirts. You can stream <laughs> Little Dixie instantly on Redbox on demand today. It's rated R from the Paramount Pictures. I think, like, if you're going to mention the cartel, maybe don't actually say the word cartel. You know, make it up. You know what I'm saying, David? Oh, he's muted. Oh, David can't talk anymore. He's <laughs> off the show. We broke his heart. I, I actually muted him because of while I was talking about Dubby, he like I don't know what you were like doing like commentary on the W app. Well, no, nothing came on my end. Like, like all the ad or whatever didn't come up, so all I saw was your two faces still, and I thought like, wow, we've got dead air going on. I <laughs> like, was like, well, Dave interrupting Dubby right now. It didn't show up on mine. All well, you're lagging out tonight, baby. You got Davy internet problems over there with your tequila. Oh. Um. Favorite bits from Betty Blue, guys. I had to look up an Irby, Urban Dictionary entry, and like, if I would have thought about a, a a woman's anatomy, I would think bits would refer to the bosom, respectfully. Respectfully, Jordan. Respectfully. Right, but no. Uh, apparently, it refers no, to a different part of the bits. body. According, <laughs> yeah, it refers to something totally different. Yeah, you learn something new every day. Which there are tons of lady bits in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. One of my favorite bits, which Dave kind of mentioned in the dangerous details or dangerous facts, is the cross-dressing scene when he does a robbery. Mm. So was that not mm. included in the original two-hour version? Apparently not. Like anything mm. with any of the subplot with him dressing in drag was not part of that. I loved it so much because he is like going in. I don't know what what is what did he rob? Like, do they just deposit money? Like, that's kind of what it. I don't think it was, I, at least it wasn't clear to me. So I'm not, I'm kind of with you. I'm not sure. But the guy who's supposed to be watching the security cams is actually looking at porn and, mm. and, and he's like listening or reading, you know, the, the narration or whatever of, of the magazine and uh, Zog comes in, you know, cross-dressed and Zorg. He, it's Zorg, a weird name. Sorry, I think uh, I thought it sounded a whole, whole lot like I thought of disenchantment. It just means time. like Smith or Frank or something. <laughs> so, it sounds like Toy Story, also Zerg, yeah. just one one letter off. You said it's what Zorg? Zorg, yeah, Zorg. Okay, Zorg. He creeps in right, and he catches this guy, and he's like, you know, instructing him to tie himself up. And the guy who was supposed to be watching the security camps gets all like hot and bothered. Like by him being tied up, and I just thought it was a great scene, and he successfully robs the place. That that money. whole that whole part of the movie can be cut out. Like the like this is a very long movie. Like that whole thing, 
it can go. I am glad that the they finally became friends with uh, Bob, the uh, albino milkman. <laughs> but like, there's a lot of material you can chop out of the movie. And, and but, I could tell like, because I'm like, where is this coming from? And who yeah. is this person? Like, well, you can kind of see it, so but it plays well into the storyline. Betty has like these uh, psychotic breaks during the movie, folks. And her boyfriend's trying to reel her back in. And they, they like reset their life. Like every few months, it's like they're living in a new place and they're like having mm. to re undo the last mistake or whatever. Right. Like it's very destructive, like physical destruction. Things get destroyed cars, houses, beach yeah. shacks. It's <laughs> like, such a beautiful movie to watch. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know, telling Patrick, my boyfriend, I'm like, this is a very romantic movie and they have a very sweet, like very tender relationship. And I was like, oh, it reminds me a little bit of us i was like but let me wait to see how the story ends before i say that i I think the original cut of the movie has to include him dressed as a woman when he uh spoiler alert he mercy kills his girlfriend at the end of the movie there's no way they did that scene in a dress or out of a dress so my interpretation of like dressing up i thought he was like trying to like physically manifest betty like i thought he Mm -hmm. was like had his own snap and like he was betty when he had the dress on if that makes any sense like i thought he was like trying to embody the feeling of the person he lost or whatever. Perhaps. I, mean, that, that's, I, I didn't pick that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not disputing that, but I didn't per se pick that up. I'd have to keep that in mind if I, I ever watch this was, again. Yeah. Just trying to like go under the radar. And then maybe mm. the best way was to. Well, yeah, I mean, that was his gag. Yeah. That was his, his whole gimmick to try to get into the hospital again after they, the shrinks kick him out or whatever. Yeah. Um, While they're out so there playing kick the can i thought that was really interesting i mean there's no coming back like she mutilates herself there's self-mutilation in this film oh, yeah. folks but it's very it's, romantic it she is. loses it's an fair. eye there's there's no coming back from that she's <laughs> she's in a lockdown facility in the third act but it's like i don't know if they're trying to have kids or they're just gonna have one she's having problems with the birth control at one point they're talking about an uh iud a lot yeah they yeah, talk she, about yeah. it a lot. so I mean, yeah i mean the emotional state of other. a person yeah. well and love is destructive, isn't it? it like if there's a, if we learned a lesson tonight, folks, it's that love will destroy you, consume you completely. She <laughs> was well, I got I, I won't I like this whole movie, but I gotta say the first two thirds, like I was a little kind of pissed off in it. I just love how Jordan compared it to her modern relationship. That was really fascinating. <laughs> I mean, that it was hot and heavy, and I was ago. like, Yeah, yeah. I like yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 but it mm-hmm. does not turn out well for them. So no, it, I mean, honestly, without the last two, the last third of this movie and her her revelation and her change, I mean, as good as this movie is, like I, I got to say, the first two thirds, I was kind of pissed off at the movie because she's not treated as a real character for the first two thirds. She's a sex object. She's a muse. She's whatever he needs. Oh her to man, be. dude, rewatch it. She's a character as soon as she shows up, dude. As soon as she interrupts him, no, you know, you're confusing character with personality, like, though. She was not three dimensions. She has a lot. Of I think she. I, I gotta disagree, she man. Like she's she uh, she's like trying to uh, dominate the relationship, and she's trying to stick up for the boyfriend with the landlord who's abusing the work and, and like the supervisor employer relationship. But you're, because- only, you're only proving my point, though. She only serves to serve him. She does. She has nothing. For no, herself. David. She's serving her own whimsical, uh, impulsive. Like she's having these bursts of like. Uh, Impulse control issues sure. that are like underlying like a bigger problem. So it's, yeah, I get that, but you kind of don't. 
it doesn't really get there until that last third when you kind of see, like, she says something. I think the first real, like, big revelation was, um, you know, I'm hearing voices in my head. I'm, I'm listening to the voices. Whereas before that, it's just painted as, oh, she's whimsical or she's a manic pixie dream girl or, you know, take your pick. I don't think they really flesh her out until the last third. She just seems to only serve him. The, her That's her only purpose, at least narratively in the movie. Hmm. I kind of disagree. I I feel like I I align with John a little bit just because there's this one line in the beginning, that first like third of the movie where she's like hucking shit out the windows and throwing stuff. And mm. she essentially says like, how can I respect you if you don't have like this belief in yourself. And I just like felt that so wholeheartedly. There's this artist called Sarah Baba. And like this whole movie looks like art that this woman creates is like these really romantic photographs, but these like, it almost looks like closed captioning in a movie. And I was like, Mm. this is so crazy. Mm. Like it's beautiful, but it's painful. And she just was like, I can't respect you if you don't believe in yourself being like this writer or somebody who's more than just a a plumber. And so she's completely unhinged. Like she's crazy, but I've also been unhinged and crazy before. Have have you thrown pink paint at your mood disorder? I can't say I have done that, but some Um, crazy stuff. That's that's fine. I mean, I I think, I mean, that's a sign of a good movie. We're all seeing maybe a little, well, you two are a little more aligned, but I mean, it, you know, Whatever your, I guess, your life experience is what you kind of bring to this movie. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, Absolutely. But um, I guess uh, for favorite bits, um, obviously, you know, I brought up to John about the fizzy drink or the tequila shooter. So clearly that stuck with me. Um, but I mean, this movie is very, what? how do I want episodic? Like John was saying, like, they have to move from one mess to the next. So in that nature, the movie is kind of episodic. But um, there's a bit where um, he they had starting to live in a friend's house. They're going to run their piano shop and she doesn't want to stay in the bed where she, you know, the, the guy's mother died, the place they're taking over. So this is horrible, whole ordeal of, okay, well let's go sleep on the couch and try to pull it out. Well, that couch breaks in the process of him trying to do it. They finally lug it out. Um, and then the next day the garbage guys come. Oh, superstition. Think, it's bad luck. Sleep in the body of a dead person. Right. You got to get rid of the mattress. <laughs> and then they That's get old it out school to the Europe, street. baby. Uh, so then they get it out to the street and like the garbage guys, uh, one of the garbage guys just goes nuts on it. Just starts mm-hmm. ripping it up with his uh, hook hand and the other garbage guy. Yeah, that's a working man having like a nervous breakdown because he's right. gone to so many houses that have dumped, dumped their mattresses and yeah. dressers and giant furniture for them to collect. Yeah. Just abandoned mattresses drive this guy nuts, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It was just kind of a non sequitur in a movie full of like just different episodes that I don't know. It just it. You could have you could have taken that piece out of the movie and it would have been you know didn't ruin it. But I don't know. I just like that little bit that had nothing to do with anything else. At least with the the guy, um, just kind of correct me. That's the other thing about this movie is, despite us talking about how tragic the ending is, it's also a very funny movie. Like you know, it's you kind of need those that laughter to like actually pull you through what you're going to come to see at the end. Right. Well, look, Zorg. In the very beginning of the movie, Zorg tells you you're you're in for a ride because he goes. We made love every night. Forecast calls for storms. Mm-hmm. Literally foreshadowing everything to come their way. And also the end. The end of the movie, after he mercy kills the woman he loves, he's walking in the storm, right? So it's like 
book ended, the beginning and the end tie together real nice. That's one of my favorite bits. I like that at one point they're working in a restaurant because they're helping restore an old hotel for their friends. Here's why I get confused. I don't know if the other guy's actually Italian, but he's living in France, and then they have to go to Italy for the mom's funeral. I'm real confused about the place that all this stuff is taking place in, but he's like the one guy who opens a pizza joint somewhere in France and calls it Pizza Stromboli, and it sounds like he's making fun of the Italian food as part of the name. It's like an inside joke or whatever. But um, So they, they've turned into a restaurant, and then they serve a couple garbage pizza because Ugh. she's complaining about her food. And, and the golden rule, folks, is you don't send anything back to the kitchen. If you don't like something, you ask for something else. You don't ask them to replace what you've ordered. That, you got to do this. Trust me. So Zord goes back in and passionately takes out a bunch of food from a garbage bin, puts it on the pizza, and then puts fresh cheese on top of it and bakes it off again, brings it back to her, and she eats it, and she loves it. So that's one of my favorite bits, the garbage pizza incident at the hotel pizza place i empathized then. with that so much <laughs> being in the industry for like 15 years i'm like oh there's so many pe- but, but people but then again when his girlfriend takes it like a little later in the scene it's like kind of everything that that happens good gets undone because then they have her exaggerate and then like something happens like she stabs a lady with like a uh a cutlery yeah so it kind of defeats the mood of that garbage pizza moment but i also love how zorg is trying to get betty out of trouble at the police station after another incident with a comb and a publisher's face, she scratches a dude in the face, and so he's trying to get that taken care of. I mean, to be fair, she's trying to help him get his book published, which is like a, you know, it's nice. Um, but he's sitting there with the cop, and the cop also has a novel he's writing. And then you start to listen to the policeman, and you discover that the policeman is also a romantic at heart. So that little bit, I love it. And then, do you remember the part where they're doing the tequila shooters? with an olive salesman and he's got a briefcase full of different types of olives that they can mm-hmm. buy for the restaurant. And there's like 12 varieties. I was like, man, I kind of want a movie just about the olive salesman, like that life, that road life where you're just trying to sling olives at restaurants. I would, that's a movie right there. But the entire movie from scope, like you said, there's a lot of blue articles in the movie. It's beautiful scenery. It, it's like romantic real estate. I was like, Oh yeah, the, it's like romantic real estate in the movie. I never really, put it into that phrase but that's what it feels like so uh those are my favorite bits moving on to the ratings because it is bad romance month everything's tied into love and the feels and the feelings and the disagreements we're going to have about these movies apparently so you can love it hate it like it so love it like it hate it we usually say binge now binge later binge never which means you got to watch it move it to the top of your playlist or queue whatever uh like it could be like eventually get there like binge later same thing like it doesn't have to be the first thing you watch or the next thing, but you eventually see it because it's good. And hate it as still be, you know, self-explanatory. Because that's the same thing like what binge never means. It's like you can't get your life back if you watch this thing. That's what that means. So, Jordan, how do you rate this movie? Betty Blue 1986. I loved it. It's mm. perfect for like a Saturday if you have nowhere to be. No, it's tragic. You kind of figure that out really quick. She's completely unhinged, but it was definitely a really good watch. So love it. What about you, Dave? Um, I loved it as well. Um, this is something I've been meaning to watch. I mean, kind of glad he chose, we chose this. So, you know, I was forced to carve out three hours and watch it. Um, I guess I say love it with the caveat of uh, carve out three hours or at least two hour and a half evenings um, or whatever. 
Um, but it is worth it. It is, it does, it, you hear three hours and you think it's going to be homework and it was not, it was very fun, pleasant watch. Well, fun, maybe fun in parts. <laughs> John. So we all love it. I think, um, I mean, a couple episodes ago, I made a, I made the mistake of calling a character crazy and Jordan said unhinged. Dave said unhinged. I think like take a step back and be like, uh, she clearly has some kind of mood disorder. I don't know. We're not going to diagnose it on the podcast tonight. That would be uh, inappropriate. But uh, as movie watchers, she's definitely sympathetic. And uh, just feel like if those things were addressed, like her, beha- if, if she got proper treatment or the right attention, what she does wrong is when it crosses over and somebody else gets hurt, like when she actually attacked people, then mm-hmm. that's where the issue becomes like, as Jordan said, unhinged. Like that, that's, that's like the line, right? So we have to like, prevent that line from being crossed. But I mean, that's an ongoing conversation, like in real life. You know what I mean? Like that's a big conversation in society. Like today, it's like the whole, the whole thing, but you heard it there, folks. Can you love this movie? Absolutely. It's worth uh, watching. It may get a little slow, but you know, as soon as you get to garbage pizza, you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're dreamers. They're, They're romantics. Like the fact that he thought he could open a piano store and try to sell the pianos and bring people in, you know, it's weird. I mean, like we just we have all these routines and we don't ever stop. But like, uh, damn. I mean, like him sitting there meditating while cooking chili, living down by the beach. Like, I don't think anybody has an opportunity to to like live. That situation is kind of cool. I mean, he had a shitty landlord, but I mean, you know what I mean. Kicking back by the beach, painting houses all day. This, whew. no wonder he's a novelist. I mean, you got a life like that. Um. Oh. A few weeks ago, we did. Well, I guess you guys want to add to what I said, or or trucking along, trucking along, trucking along, trucking, chugging, along. and chugging. We're <laughs> chugging along, and we're trucking along. Both. Um, someone commented on the YouTube version of there was an episode we did on like an anime where a dude dude fought a robot, had sex with an alien, and uh, I think it's called a wind called amnesia. Yeah, it makes you forget things. I almost forgot the title. Um, but. In the comments, somebody was screaming at Dave going, Akira, 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 David, Akira. Like, clearly, they want David okay. to either watch Akira or acknowledge his, his existence okay. as, like, the premier anime of all time. Okay, I will make this very easy for you. Yes, I've seen, not only have I seen Akira, but I've seen Akira at least two times. And, yes, I do like Akira. So, <laughs> put that to bed. Wait a minute. So, that's the anime that wins you over? And that all that somebody had to do was say that? And then we would have gotten to that point i i've i've softened over the years i've gone from the first year or so of us doing anime outright hating it to just admitting like okay it's like rap and country i don't like those genres of music but there's always pieces i can enjoy akira is one of those it's a science fiction movie basically i think you have to acknowledge that you do in fact love anime then i don't love anime (laughs) i can tolerate (laughs) the good ones Oh, this is really. Well, I mean, we got a stubborn David tonight. I mean, Tequila David is a stubborn David. That's, that's all I gotta <laughs> say. All right, um, staff picks. Did we watch any rom coms or other relationship movies that we can recommend to our audience? Jordan, did you watch anything else that was uh, fuzzy? Nope, nothing new, oh, okay. nothing noteworthy. Yeah. All right then, moving on. David, did you watch anything <laughs> uh, light and fuzzy that you want to yeah. recommend to anybody? Well, not recently, but the lovely thing called Letterbox, where I track everything. I looked at the last romantic comedy I watched and enjoyed, and that is uh, Bros. The the recent uh, came out last year mm. uh, with um, 
uh, Billy Eichner and a guy who's in a lot of Hallmark movies. Uh, about the bros. About bros uh, who yeah. like to date each other. Uh, yeah, oh. this is this is the gay romantic comedy that was mainstream last year, but nobody went and saw it, so I don't know how mainstream you can call it. At least it was produced mainstream. Um, it's actually really funny. Uh, John probably will like it if he hasn't seen it. It's from the guy who's done movies I know he likes, like Get Him to the Greek and Neighbors. I think John likes Get Him to the movies. Greek is funny. I like that movie a lot. So then you get the sensibility of the kind of comedy this is going for. It's definitely a Judd Apatow comedy. It's it's look, spoiler alert, it is like every other romantic comedy. Mm. They meet each other, obstacles get in the way, they solve those differences and get together. Um, but I don't know, it was kind of nice. It's got mostly a um like they they made a point to like cast mostly gay uh actors. So like, you know, Married with Children's Amanda Burris. If you, people who watch that show is like his mom in the movie, but she's like a very iconic lesbian, mm-hmm. very outspoken. Um, I don't know. It's just a fun movie. It's it's hilarious. Like nobody saw it in theaters, but I guess it's on Peacock now. So go check it out there. Heck yeah, John. I watched this movie called The Judge for like the I don't know eleventh time. It's father son. It's brothers. It's the love that got away. It's a uh, drama. Uh, lawyer played by Robert Downey Jr. has to defend his dad, who's uh, who's this actor? I can't remember. Talking about Robert Duvall, Robert Duvall, yeah, Bobby Duvall plays the judge. He's brought up on murder charges, and then, like, meanwhile, the family's falling apart, everything else. It's good. Um, I also watched You People with Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill on Netflix. It's a it is a rom com, but it's more like a uh. A satire, right, on rom-coms and, like, modern dating amidst, like, very different ideological ideological and racial beliefs between the two families. So, it's mm. interesting. It's If you have Netflix, it's it's among all the other Netflix. Well, but I'm the interested movies, in it. Is the, it judge, the judge now? is like a... What? I said, well, I'm interested in that movie. Is it a binge now or binge later for you people? Oh, it's a get around to it because uh, of the two oh, movies, the judge is far superior. So I'm not seeing there that. You go. Hmm. Um, next week, we I dug up this movie that Dennis Hopper made that I never even heard of, where he's like obsessed with Jodie Foster. She sees like a mob hit, and he's the hitman assigned to go deal with her because she's like the only witness or whatever. And then like uh, he he like starts to be a fat it, like infatuated with her. So it's it's called Catch Fire. It came out in 1990, but he tried to like make people forget about the movie. Then he did a director's cut and called it Backtrack. So we're going to find out why Dennis Hopper wanted this movie buried. And, uh, and it's got Jodie Foster. So, you know, there you go. If you're either a Jodie Foster fan or a Dennis Hopper fan, one day you'll stumble across this movie. So we're going to continue. Sounds like a spiritual with... sequel to Taxi Driver. <laughs> you got Jodie Foster. He's a hitman. I don't know. Find out. Okay. Come back next week. We'll have another podcast for you. Wow. This movie is called Betty Blue and Dave was the bluest. Uh, It's so grumpy, David. Sorry. (laughs) No answer. 